Hello, hello, everyone. Welcome to another issue of Procoa Radio with me, your lovely host, living in the COVID apocalypse of New York City, Just X Henry, with my fellow co-hosts, the charming, the villainous, <laughs> Black Word. You know what it is. Your favorite. That's one. Head of the table of dust. Um, I'm just better than a lot of people, and I'm just happy to say it out loud, finally. And our fellow co-host, the charming, innocent, peacemaking, ray of sunshine, our regent, the wind god Vante. Up, table dame, all love, peace, all that good shit. And then, of course, the charming, the legendary, the so intelligent, the top of tops, the Omega top himself, Dr. Showtime. Uh, yes, um, the Omega top representing the table of dawn, um, mm. the winner's table, the top mm. of tops. Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm. Here so today, you're welcome. Oh. Here today, me, Jessica Henry, rep- representing table night. We are doing the final issue of Excalibur number 26, and I am unsure. This is a sidebar before we go into talks. I'm confused about, okay, we do X-Force number 26. I'm confused about if this is a final issue because none of the books that are coming out have any like next upcoming books and all of them end looking like this. Like I'm trying to understand these Shit like is it's, some too continued as yeah, it, it says April. So like are are the books are we getting a, a pause in books for the ten lives and ten deaths of Wolverine and then we're going back into the books? I'm confused. It's so a cliffhanger think, hanging from a cliff. Yeah. I think what they have stated is that the ten lives and deaths of Wolverine will be ongoing and then there's gonna be I think the Sabretooth book and a couple other books that will be active at the same time, and then Destiny of X picks up when that ends. So I guess we're getting a pause in all the books for a while. Pretty much. That could be, that could be interesting next few months. You know, shit to talk about. maybe they'll <laughs> fix their shipping issues. Maybe that'll happen. Yeah, maybe we, they would think again about giving us another Trial of Joseph. Trial. Listen. And it ends this week. People are rebelling against that book. Leah Williams, girl, I'm praying for you. Because... <laughs> yeah, because I'm so tired of trial of Mad Ghetto. Right. Exactly. And it's so yeah. insulting because I'm right now, I'm like, MCU, Wanda, I love you, girl. I don't... You can't do nothing wrong. Marvel, Wanda, Marvel Comics, Marvel, Wanda, you need to go somewhere. Maybe death. Um, Because right now, you're not giving... And it's so sad, sis. It's not your fault. Rick Remender did most of the damage that I hate about you. This is true. This is very I was, true. I was so completely, I was completely willing to forgive her or like look at like the possibility of like, okay, what's going on, sis? After um, not the Children of the Messiah. It was like the Children's Crusade or whatever. I forget the mm-hmm. name of that book so much just because it was it set up like, oh, Wanda's going to start curing all the depowered mutants, and then she just did nothing. And after her solo, even though I don't like what they did by ignoring her chaos powers entirely in that book, 
I did appreciate the, the attention to witchcraft and like her personal journey through mental health. Um, I was appreciative of her. And then Rick Remender got hold of the character and made her say those rude things to Rogue and like kind of very rude clapped. things, very awful things to Rogue. And then I'm like, you're not, you're not surviving this, sweetie. And then he turned around, and he did it to Havoc too, which before Havoc was an underdog, now he's just sad. In that funny Rick, way. Rick Remender is a racist. Yes. I feel that. A complete he's racist. A racist. He's a he racist. He hates mutants, but he's a he racist. Hates, he hates Romani people. Um, I'm not sure what the actual terminology for that kind of racism is, but it feels very anti-black. And some would say he's anti-black. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's fair. That's the fair. only downside is that Rick Remender wrote that um, Brother Voodoo solo book. So only good thing he's ever done, and I said it out loud. That's the only good thing he ever done. Like that book is one of the unfortunate like moments where an author accidentally gets it. Um, I think maybe because he wrote it secondhand, or maybe he just had a good like person sitting side by side with him, going like, "Okay, so this is how Voodoo works. This is how it traditionally went look like." And, you know that role that he plays would technically have a very like racially charged like reason to exist. Um, they did that right. I kind of wish that the Iwa came back like that ending with Ogun feeding on Nightmare. Like, I wish that they continued that and showcased him as a bigger villain. Um, but they just don't. So, but I can't, Riverminder can't keep ghosting on the issue, a miniseries that only got six issues, what, 10 years ago? You gotta, you gotta step it up, baby. Your legacy is not that strong. Right. Absolutely. Um, but as we pivot into, into another, into one of our books of the month, uh, we are going to do X-Force? Excalibur first. Excalibur this week, which is probably one of the weakest issues I think I've read of Excalibur yet. Um, and yet it's also like the final issue of Excalibur being Excalibur before they become the X, the Knights of X, Knights of Ten, technically, they're the Knights of Ten. Um, so we enter into Merlin swinging his crimpled white, pale pasty grain dick all across the Citadel. Um, you know, he's bragging about, like, you know, this is my force, I got this, and everyone's like, your forces have done this, and Merlin's like, I don't fucking like any of you people, none of you deserve to be here, if I could have it, you all would be dead, you're the scum, between my toes, get out my face, you non-human motherfuckers. Um, but he also clarifies that just because he owns the capital doesn't mean he owns the position still, like, the role is still belongs to Saturnine until she dies. Um, until they reclaim um, Arthur Pendragon's fortress. So they're going to march on Avalon soon and reposition Arthur onto it because though the Citadel exists as the linchpin of all of the other world, um, Avalon sits as the linchpin of 
even that power. They're kind of having communication with each other. So we, we officially then begin to return to how these Excalibur issues started, which is the Citadel waging war against Avalon. Um, so all of our muties, they start panicking at the sight of the enemy gaining ground. And so they decide to flee away back to Krakoa. Um, Betsy reappears in the castle, revealing that Saturnine actually does have superpowers, and she's able to slide through realities uh, and gateways. You know, like a diva, very, very white woman about always there, always manifesting. Um, so then she recounts exactly how she took the seat in the first place as the universal, or the multiversal, or the omniversal magistrix. That's the name of it, the omniversal magistrix. Um, she used her powers on what was called, like, the Map Makers, which is a cartographer of the multiverse. Um, she straddled it, like, you know, cowgirl style, and decided to leap through realities with it as a weapon. While it was, she was in transition, the, the, apparently the fabric between realities is so temperamental that it requires you to have a strong sense of self to come out the other side unwarped. And Saturnine has a very powerful sense of self, uh, but the machine did not. And so it turned into a weapon that she could use. When Merlin and Roma appear to her, with Roma as the current Omnistrix, Omniversal Magistrix, and Merlin as her puppeteer, controlling her as a kingmaker, which is a thing Merlin has been known to do, and a thing that Merlin um, truly loves to do with Arthur in every single incarnation. Um, she used the weapon to destroy Merlin, knowing that he'd come back because he's too powerful to be killed forever. And he, she worked out a deal with Roma. She created lands, um, one really beautiful for Roma to rule because she knew that Roma would appreciate it, and one where Merlin would hate as kind of a fake position of power, but also a punishment. And then she buried it on Blightspoke, a place made of broken and destroyed realities kind of appearing that I guess it came to existence around the time the secret wars happened and the cataclysm event went down. So it's formed from all the debris from the realities. In that, they continue to start strategizing about how they're going to deal with the situation at hand because their forces are kind of getting the ass clapped. Um, in the real world, quote unquote, at Braddock Isles, the British military is threatening to like destroy the tower and the gate itself because the British uh, representative on the UN, the old musty-ass wizard, fake-ass Merlin-looking dude, was like, they don't know, say he didn't have evidence that it's actually toxic and dangerous, which is a lie. They're setting a lie about how dangerous the place is and they need to be destroyed as a um, threat against humanity itself. Um, Emma Frost is like, they need the Captain Britain here to serve as a representative and smooth things over with Britain. Um, kind of turning her into a figurehead for their uses rather than a hero. And Emma Frost goes as far as to call the other world fantasy world that doesn't actually exist and I think there actually matters. The council stands very firm about the fact that the other world is nothing but a danger to mutant lives. Because if you go there and die, you can't be resurrected. So they want They've always wanted the gate closed. They want everything to do with the other world destroyed. And they're kind of the spitting on Betsy's name here in a very really disrespectful show. Um, Rachel is the only person who advocates for Betsy in this. When they show up, when they pull up, uh, they share a little smooch, very gay-like, giving very much um, girlfriends. 
And then we get this weird war journal about like how Arthur has always been a manic person, truly on the very brink of insanity and never truthfully all the way there in his head. Um, because he's always fret worried that one day his son is going to betray him and kill him or betray him and cross over to the other side. He's always been mistrusting of mutants. And it kind of feels like more like it's implying that this situation is very much leading to the ongoing phobia against magic itself. Um, kind of connecting mutant and witch breeds across the board to the ongoing dilemma with how people despise the other and magic itself. So we go forward, uh, Richter kisses Shadowstar on the lips and they talk about fighting battles together. Um, Jamie explains that he can't bend reality here because it's so fragile now that if he bends anything, it might collapse the reality itself. Um, and then we get what's probably the most annoying thing about the Excalibur comics, which is the battle itself is a splash page. You don't see them fighting individually. We just see them all wielding their powers and like looking very menacingly and like throwing energy beams or swinging. And it's just not good to me as a visual representation of the combat. Um, no other comic would ever do something like that, but I guess because Teeny Howard writes this more like a book than she writes it like a visual medium sometimes. Um, the action takes the backseat to what's going on with the characters. Um, so Arthur and Betsy duel. Arthur is getting kind of racist about it. Um, they duel, they throw hands, they swing swords, and then Merlin's side triggers their plan. So Morgana is casting a spell. Ruben is preparing to strike, and Merlin is preparing his strike. And immediately... They cast a simultaneous spell to destroy the Tower of Excalibur, close the gate, and shunt all mutants out of the Citadel and out of Otherworld, and therefore bar Otherworld from mutants entirely. Um, Betsy is thrown out to the other side. Shogo is reported back to a human. The kids are all not okay. This is another situation you see Emma using her telekinesis. I just want to highlight that. Emma uses telekinesis, Xavier is using telekinesis, and Rachel is using telekinesis to move the debris. Um, and Betsy, half-broken, goes, I knew they were going to do this. She then wields her Citadel sword as a piece of Otherworld itself to slide through reality, like um, very much like Saturnine can do. And she leaps back over into the Otherworld after pushing away her friends to go and defend uh, the Citadel as Captain Britain. By herself, she goes and does, does battle against the forces of Merlin, and that's where we end until Knights of X. Where a world of magic and adventure awaits unless you're a mutant. Um, so, thoughts, theories, um, feelings? Um, gowns. Beautiful gowns. Um, it's... <sighs> It's like the last issues of Excalibur just seemed disconnected. Like they're like it felt like a like every, I will say this is one thing I'm having a problem with in Hickman era of X Men is that the finales all seem very rushed. It's just mm -hmm. like the build up mm -hmm. does not always seem to make sense to what we were just going through before. It is like we all know like the witch breeding and the and the Merlin thing, it, but it seemed like like even like the last issue we were in a battle and then now we're sitting at the table with strike. Like it was like the things are like things are moving too fast. Like I can't because if like the last issue don't feel as connected because I'm like we're at this other step now. Mm -hmm. Um I do feel like Excalibur ending breaks my heart because that is one of the original um Hickman era books that started it all. 
Um, mm-hmm. I, w- I do understand it being changed over to um, Knights of X, but I think the value of what Excalibur has always been to the X-Men universe is like a really big thing for it ending this way. I'm not really happy about. Um, I will say um, artwork is still supreme. Um, shot, shot out to my girl, our girl, the nieces mm-hmm. of all nieces, um, little Maggie. Maggie was the only one who was who was clocked in, and once again in this episode, mm. in this issue, Maggie's mm-hmm. always clocked in. Maggie's like, like, no, say, why don't I like go? Like, we, can, we, can just, we can just go ahead and just leave. Maggie's the only one on the clock. Like, if anybody should be the uh, omniversal majestrix, it should be Maggie. Maggie should be left Legit. in charge. It's in her blood. It's in her mm-hmm. blood. This is Maggie's. And... We, we, this is Maggie's world. We're all just living in. I can't wait for her X-Gene to trigger. You know, I can't wait to see what she's going to be. The little girl going to be a powerhouse. Um, she's but a I very think... good strategist. Mm-hmm. She was giving Valerie, Valeria um, very much, but like more specifically in Secret Wars. Like Valeria was like, oh, I know exactly what's going on. I can break it down fundamentally, tactically, um, physically, scientifically about like my father, Dr. Doom's portrayal of us. I can't walk into that room and confront him. And everyone's like, "Why? Why can't she?" It's like, like, "I'm, I'm a little girl. I'm six years old. I, I don't have the emotional fortitude for me to be able to interact with this thing right now. It will fundamentally break me down to like do that." And that's very much what also Maggie gives as a person who's like, "I know enough about like, you know, real stuff, but I know that my emotional makeup right now is still of a child, and that I don't want to leave my mom right now. Honestly, right. Um, I can't be away from her." <laughs> It's really yeah. nice. I like that. I like that she's just not going like, I'm an adult. I'm smarter than everyone else. Like how Dinosaur Girl uh, sometimes do. I mean, Moon Girl sometimes does where she's like, I'm a genius. I should be able to do all these things. And it's like, but you're not emotionally formidable right now, baby. You can't do some things, not because you can't do it, but because the makeup of your inner shit is not together. Right. Um, and I don't like want to end up like Steven Universe. Yeah, pretty much. But I am glad that Betsy's making her move over to. I'm not Betsy. Um, Rachel's making her move over from X Factor to, um, uh, Knights of Ten because I feel like it's time for the X Factor people to start showing their faces again. We love them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I. How do we feel? Like I felt the same thing, especially because I know that Teen Howard is not returning. So she's not gonna be right nights of of ten. Um so what is going and, you on? Know, I think Teeny got a deal with DC, I think is what happened. So she's going oh, over to DC. DC DC is snatching. Okay, got yeah. it. Yeah. And obviously that she found her origin really, I guess, in like she was like, Oh, I did the vert- I read vertical comics and like my thing was always like that weird, like mind warpy type of shit. That the DC likes to right. do with certain comics with the vertical line, right. like Sandman. Um, she like Constantine, like I mean, you know, Hell Hellblazer. Uh, she likes things like that, so I think it's a more better fit, especially because you read Excalibur and it was so light on the combat and everything that was like physically daunting or fighting was done in a splash page, not just because like it's easier to save a page than that. But because Teeny Howard is not like a combat focused writer, she's not gonna give you a bunch of action scenes where they're like dueling and shit. 
she's going to give you characterization, character moments, story, and intrigue. And any combat is probably going to be done in like three panels and then it's done. That being said, this finale kind of probably should have used a fight scene. Yeah, but I think that's what they are gearing up for with uh, Knights of Ten. Since Betsy is going falls to the walls by herself. The bad well, she's got she's got Jim Jaspers and Mr. M on as the only other two mutants and maybe Mordred. Death is there too. Death as well. Oh, that's right. And all of the um all of Apocalypse's family. I hope they go that direction. I really do. I hope she has to go all the way to MS through dry the door. Um pull up on Apocalypse. And have like a heart to heart and like just have a have a conversation. Like, you know, you were an asshole about it, but you know, technically I see why you was doing what you was doing. And Bakalos is still here. This never would have happened. Mm-mm. He would have gathered those white people right on up. Oh, he would have <laughs> throttled Merlin. Yeah, like instantly, like and that's kind of like the unfortunate part, because like, you know, what would Apocalypse do? That's kind of like we'll a pretty Another teacher, Apocalypse was right. Yeah, like, yeah. He was. It's like, at the end of the day, it's like, I don't really think we'd be this, I think they would have had more of a fighting chance and then Richter would have that pause and self-esteem and shit carrying on. And then your man, you know, because like, because, you know, Richter's that girl where his man is his friend. So like, with his mm-hmm. man being on deck, he is able to do his job, you know, so, because cause, uh, Sissy Ricky can't, um, can't do her job. <laughs> Sissy Ricky can't do her job without her man there. What I appreciate about him calling him Sissy Ricky is that it sounds a little like Pretty Ricky. And I think that's where you were going in your head a little bit, right? Sissy Ricky. And then you, Sissy Ricky. The Sissy still fell out. Yeah, I love it. Oh, your wordplay. I can't wait to read oh, your book. Oh, oh, Showtime has ruined every queer character in, in the, in the uh, every queer male character in the, in the Marvel Universe. They all are getting Sissy <laughs> added to their name. And all every... Except for Prodigy, who's still just going to be a Snow Queen. Oh, you know, he probably likes Marco Paris on his back. Mm. I I think, so in the future, I do want, people have argued with this about me, like with me a lot, but I want Prodigy either on X-Factor or on the Knights of X team. Because I think he fits in better in a team where he's not required to be like flashy in terms of his power, when he can just apply skill. And people keep having him on these teams with like Polaris and shit and like people throwing around energy beams. And I'm like, that's not where Prodigy signs. Like his power is not bad. It's really not. He's a really good power. But he's not put into circumstances where he can showcase why it's good to be able to pick up skills and memories just by being around people. I want to see him pick up a sword and sword fight and uh you know, maybe take off like the skin tight suit. Maybe go like a little, like a little romance pirate ish. You know, like they need to do something. That, little swashbuckler. They need to do. They need to give him the sink treatment. So like, sink was thrown into um, the the vault with the, uh, the, the 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 kids of nothing, and mm-hmm. um, and that the children of the flop. Yeah. The, yeah. The children you know, they're going to the, the flop house. Yeah, the flop house. Right, the flop house, and that forced uh, Sink to reassess his mutation and what he really could be. And I feel like they need to drop Prodigy off and motherfucking um and motherfucking Blight spoke or 
one of one of them out uh, other world places, and make him reassess his abilities because at the end of the days is like you sitting here being a fucking gumshoe bitch. This ain't Carmen San Diego. You not out here doing nothing for real, for real. You have a <laughs> mutant ability that allows you to like learn anything that somebody else knows. So common sense. I'm gonna replace says, sinister with prodigy pretty soon. I think enough people have said it because you know they pay attention to Twitter. Enough people have pointed right. out that like, you don't need sinister. You have prodigy. Right. You, you also have Beast. Turn for his character. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I always said that I felt like Beast was turning into Dark Beast from Age of Apocalypse, though. Just because but of he's how not he's operating in terms of science. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, how he's operating, like, especially on X-Force, like, it was, it was just like, you can kind of see, like, certain, like, personality characteristics. Especially that knowing now that like how the Krakoa medicines were made and how everything was under the cadavers, you know. I don't know, but in terms of the wrapping of Excalibur and like that big spell that they did at the end, um, I'm really also just really mystified that they never realized that Morgana was free, um, because she'd been free for a while. Right. I was like, what? I say, oh my god, the X-Men are really bad at fighting magic, and Excalibur just really cements that, I think, even more, that they suck at fighting witches. I bet you Maggie knew. Maggie knew, but Maggie, Maggie is always isn't prepared. an idiot. Maggie knows. Maggie, like, I put a tracer on that chick when she was in the ground. It's going to come out in later episode, a later, a later issue. Maggie will say, like, girl, that's old T. Where y'all been at? So I'm the only one, Maggie, like, I'm the only one that knew that Morgan Le Fay was out. Okay. All right, I'm the only person at work right now. And I'm not even right. getting paid. This is not even an internship. I'm just helping my mommy out. Right. The mm-hmm. only person clocked in. Maggie needs her own X team. Listen, we need the young event, uh, the young X-Men. The young X-Men, the young Avengers, young X-Men with all the kids. Right. You know, maybe invite Franklin back. Maybe he can be their ally in the tickets. Mm. Or maybe we can just retcon it. They can just say, we don't really care that your X unit is fabricated. You're one of us. Right. Um, we have Maggie. Shogo can be the human representation of the team. You know, you always need one sometimes. Oh, I um, love Shogo. Shogo is such a cute little baby. Um, I can't wait till they age him up while, like, not really aging anyone else up. You know how they do kids in comics? It's like, you're getting a little old, but no one else is aging up. Like how they right. do um, uh, Yasmin on uh, Power. Every other mm-hmm. season, she's, like, six years older. This is true. I, I would love it. I will. Who else would I add on a team? Who else got kids? Who else got young kids? Yes, oh. Angels. Angels Ooh, the, kids. Uh, yeah. That would Angels be lovely. Kids. Um, maybe we can bring back um, Tears' son. We can bring back um, Wolfsbane's son. You know, mm-hmm. throw him on the team. You know, you always need a, an animal mutant somewhere. Yeah, because I'm like, I'm kind of, I'm still like in the midst of still reading back issues, and I just finished uh, um, Young X-Men, so like, I and I read, I, I think it was, I said last time that I read um, uh, IVX, which I actually enjoyed, mm-hmm. um, maybe because like, uh, uh, you, uh, Linnell Francis G was doing the work. Um, yeah, but the X-Men were also popping off in IVX. That's the thing I will say about mm-hmm. IVX. That's, it showed like why you kind of don't fuck with them. Uh, mm-hmm. because they're literally a military force, not just some superhero people. Right. Right. 
And even with lesser numbers, they came up with a plan, executed that plan, and took out all of the inhuman powerhouses in one issue. They said, yeah. you guys are just four copies of us. We have a Uno reverse for every single version of you. Like, you throw in Medusa, I'll throw in the Mystique. You throw me a Black Bolt, I'll throw you a Dazzler. Uh, right. What was We're it? Ready. Karnak got thrown a Jean Grey. <laughs> yeah, when Which Mike is the ultimate was. respect. Mm-hmm. When Dazzler took out Black Bolt, I was like, oh, I didn't know this is what this is going to give. Like, Mama was, like, she took because I've never seen her use her abilities like that before. Yeah, she just like, started doing is, shit like that. Where is Dazzler? She was in, um, she was in not Legionnaires, which came before Way of X. She was in Way of X. And she was the one that oh, the right, doctor right. was kind of like falling in love with because he didn't Oh, Dr. Like Nemesis. Dr. Nemesis was like, I don't like artists. It's like, no, you love artists. You are a scientist, so duh, you love the singer, the singing-ass woman. Who does something you don't even respect as a thing that's necessary? Right. Um. She was in also uh, a forest where she was going through her dark, like her dark mood situation. I forget what happened to her. Um. I think it was something like Thanos, or something happens with Dazzler, which made Allison go through like a dark phase. Um. She she stopped wearing. She dyed her hair black. She stopped wearing like punk, like her pop ish clothing. She went full punk. Um, and she started using her powers more offensively. You know how they do, girls. So mm-hmm. I'm excited for Knights of X. I'm not sure what's going to give now that Teeny Howard is done with it. I will give the applause that Excalibur deserves. I think overall I'm going to give this series a B plus. Um, mostly just because I wanted more fight scenes. I think that they could have done more with the magical aspects of the X-Men in general. Um, but Teeny Howard has irrevocably changed Betsy Braddock as a character um, and how she's characterized. And I really just want to, I like that she focused so much on character growth for a lot of these these individual characters. Because aside from, like, actually, no, I'm going to include Jubilee. Every character has had an arc where you got a different perspective on things you know about them as people. Like Jubilee's incarnation as a mother has never been so strong in this issue, in this issues. Um, and getting the idea of like how she sees herself as a mother to an adopted child and like trying to figure out what's best, even if she's realizing that maybe she was just a transitionary period for Shogo um, between him wanting to be a dragon and him being like othered perpetually in Krokoa for being a human um, or Betsy's whole issue throughout this entire thing or Gambit turning into a vengeful person over Rogue. And a cat daddy. Cat daddy, definitely, yeah, definitely a cat daddy. You know how the cats helped out Betsy uh, open the portal? Cats are magical, those are mutant cats. But yeah, that's all I have for right now. Showtime. Um, the top takes the floor, yes, the top of tops uh, takes the floor. Um, so I am doing X Force 26, which is the end for now before they take a break. I guess. I don't fucking know. Um, so we open up sort of where we left off with uh, those weird-ass humanoid things. Humans? We don't know actually what they're actually called. Um, that had kidnapped the mutant babies. Uh, we see them escape to a submarine that was buried. Uh, I'm sorry, not buried. That was uh, under the water just out of range of Krakoa's defense system. It's giving very... Um, 
uh, Black Manta from uh, Young Justice. It's giving very that. Um, but they open up the canisters where the uh, babies were in, and one of the babies, um, I guess, has like a sonic scream type of thing going on and uh, starts to harm uh, the three uh, surfer folks. Um, and they uh, want to, one of them wants to kill it, but then they realize that because um, that the baby's powers are so powerful um, that their boss is probably going to want that baby specifically. Um, then we pan back over to Krakoa, where uh, Black Tom Cassidy, Wolverine, Sage, and Kid Omega are investigating uh, Dead Mutants Cove uh, to see sort of what happened, how they got onto the island, how they kidnapped the babies from the bower, uh, all that. Um, uh, Kid Omega is very much so heartbroken over breaking up with which cuckoo was it? Was it Phoebe? Esme? One of them. I think it's Esme. Okay. Whichever cuckoo, Esme, I guess. Um, broke up with Maybe him. all the so same person. So basically, allegedly, that's what they say. We're just one person in five bodies. Um, and uh, so he like halfway tries to self-harm by getting, uh, by standing in the middle of the, the waves at Dead Mutants Cove. Um, and then Wolverine, of all people, um, is trying to talk him out of like being so deeply in his feelings, um, convincing him to save himself. Uh, then they all go on a mission with Domino, or rather Kid Omega Domino and Wolverine go on a mission with a sub that somehow Forge made out of just plants, but it's half metal. I'm very confused. But um, they have a submarine where they uh, go find the other submarine that the surfer folks um, had escaped to, only to define it had been utterly fucking destroyed and that uh, all of the uh, surfer folks are uh, floating dead in the water, literally dead in the water. Um, so they go to try to explore the uh, submarine and find uh, that two of the babies uh, had survived and were still in their little uh, tube things, um, but the third one was not there and they couldn't find Pike. Um, then we get a uh, autopsy report from Dr. Reyes um, indicating that the uh, surfer folks were modified humans. Um, they had uh, been modified so that they had uh, adaptations that allow them to survive underwater. They had lungs and gills. Um, they had abundant cartilage and thin bones and swim bladders uh, so they, they uh, could survive well underwater. Um, she does note that they all died from blunt force trauma um, from the detonation or supposed detonation of the sub that they were all in. Um, she also notes that uh, they were all modified to have extra large adrenal glands so that they would um, essentially uh, be addicted to the behavior of following orders and going on missions. Um, so these were modified uh, Xeno soldiers. Uh, we get back over to uh, the Bower where Kid Omega is returning the two babies that they were able to return um, and then uh, is having a conversation with Jean Grey about um, falling back into old habits and uh, not being uh, able to move on from, it was Phoebe that he was with, um, from uh, Phoebe. Then they have 
of all fucking people, again, a conversation about codependence with Jean Grey, of all people. Um, so, you know, they're just having inappropriate conversations all around with Kid Omega and relationships. Um, uh, Wolverine goes uh, and he remembers that Pike had told him something about uh, wanting to surf waves from a volcano explosion or some shit. And he goes and finds her um, surfing out there uh, only to discover that uh, she is, she admits to all the things that uh, Dr. Reyes found in her autopsy report and reports to Wolverine um, that uh, he's gonna have to attempt to catch her um, on this damn surfboard. And then I, I guess this is a zombie molten weird ass shark attacks Wolverine while he's surfing. This is a series of really weird things that happen here. I don't fucking know, but he cuts the bitch in half, um, only to be rescued by Kid Omega on a uh, telekinetic uh, surfboard. Um, we pan to uh, Pike disappearing into the waves, uh, and then we get over to, I forgot the name of this guy, This the, the guy with the peacock mask. Um, giving very uh, Court of Owls from Batman vibes uh, with the baby from earlier that had the uh, the sonic cry power thing um, on a table in front of him and a, and a group of others uh, behind him that have similar masks. Um, we also see that there is a note, and I cannot read Russian, so I'm going to assume this is Mikhail Rasputin that's saying this, um, where there's a memo being sent uh, about uh, Peter being, uh, Piotr being uh, essentially under the control of his brother Mikhail Rasputin and um, that mutant that was controlling his narrative. And then X-Force returns in April beneath the sunny surface of Krakoa hides secrets and, and monsters. April. Gowns. Um, yeah, and that's the end of this episode. Uh, rude comments. Why do people keep trying to fuck Wolverine as if he's someone to fuck? Why does Wolverine have such bad taste in women? Um, Jean Grey, if you quit the queen, if you quit the team. Why are you always here? I just believe somebody, somebody talking about codependence. They can't wipe their ass without the Phoenix Force, but you know whatever. Look. And, and Quentin and uh, Death are a match made in heaven. Listen, right. listen. Oh, maybe he should have been I, tangling with Death. He, he he really should have been the one to tangle with Death. I feel like that would have been a more interesting relationship because he can't stay away from perilous situations. <laughs> I'm like, do we just watch this dude just try to kill himself over a woman? He's just trying to walk into the ocean. And <laughs> yes, we watched him I'm like try to self harm with a, a deadly wave. Listen, I say what we want about Jeannie, you know, Jeanne, you know, and all her issues. She broke up with the Phoenix. She said, you know what? This isn't healthy. And I think I'm sick of it, as sick as everyone else around it. I can't complain to my friends no more. Uh, I'm just it done with It took her this. like 40 years to get rid of it, though. It took her forever. 
you know, and I and I admire that, and I wish she would find that same strength to break up with this dress. Yes, the dress is a, is a prison, and it's the fact that everyone else got a new outfit. I feel like there's a mandate. I feel like every writer has so far written that Jean Grey changes the dress, and they send it up, and then someone else sends a note back down with a like on a word document it says rejected comment. That's all it says. It's a rejected comment. I feel like there is a secret reason for it, but like, what was the reason to quote Cardi B? Give us the reason and then get rid of the dress. I really feel like it's going to be something stupid. I really feel like it's going to be something stupid. I I can't see this. I'm sorry. I I just can't see it. There's, it's no symbolism with that dress. It's nothing, it's nothing about that dress that's like motivational. If it was symbolism, that dress would be like, it'll be a homage to the first costume. It wouldn't just be the first costume itself. It'll be like, oh, we kept the the dress aspect, but we added these other features to it. Oh, the homage that I like is that they give her just a green and gold scheme. That's it. It's a good enough homage just to go, this is the colors that she used to wear when she was a young girl. Or just going like, okay, we give her a mask again. I'm like, the mask, I can literally forgive. I can forgive that ugly, gaudy-ass mask. It can't be together with the dress. It can't be together with a dress in those gloves. It can't be together with that dress, gloves, belt, boot combination shit you're doing. But I can do without the mask because the mask looks so big. It's like if she puts it on, she's going to tilt forward. (laughs) And and who is she hiding her identity from? Everybody knows that she's Jean Grey. No one don't know you Marvel Girl. They just call you Jean. (laughs) I just, uh, this, this issue, um, I, I, I'll see them again in April because I really didn't, I didn't, I didn't have a thought on it. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't, I, don't mm-hmm. I, I didn't understand, I just didn't understand, I don't know, it's just, it's just weird, it's just very weird, and, 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 and Wolverine over here, like, uh, flat scan, pussy chasing and shit, like, She's not even a mutant. You just once again, w- once again, right? Once again, Sage is on the job. There's always one person on the job in each in each uh, comic. It seems. Mm-hmm. Sage is on the job. We'll or just be building with... shit. Right. Exactly. Like I don't. I, I don't even understand. I, I don't even. I, I don't understand. I don't understand, bitch. Don't understand. I don't understand, bitch. Don't. That ain't dropping the dip. <laughs> I know exactly what you're talking about. I I'm not. It. I I'm not that flexible, but yes. I just I just don't want X X um X Force to continue going, because it's not even like the old X Force where they were like, oh, we're gonna do this high stakes mission. And I was like, that's interesting. Right. Tell me more. It's like, y'all just deal with the most ignorant bozos ever. Like these are clowns y'all are constantly dealing with. I'm like, first of all, you don't have a surfboard character. I mean, if any moment to bring out, like, um, what's her name? Lifeguard? Right, mm-hmm. right, right, right. What that chick out right now? Like, call her up. She's not doing shit. Not doing a mm-hmm. goddamn thing. Her and her brother. Both of them are surfers. I don't even think they not doing a goddamn lifeguard thing. is. At all. For those of you who don't know, lifeguard's power is she develops whatever mutation she needs to save the life 
of someone in danger. She's very much like a Baywatch situation going on. Um, and it's the most cut power, you know, it's very, it's giving um, a lesser version of Iska. It's giving, it's giving flavors of fucking Darwin, you know? Mm-hmm. It's just giving overall. But you know, they just don't give her the attention she deserves. She gets the she gets treated like Firestar does. Mm. Oh my God, I was just talking about that. I'm like, girl, she's a mutant. Like, give her something to do. Like, I mean, you saw her on Coca-Cola, like, I think maybe like once, and I'm like, why is she not being used? Like, you know what's sad? Firestar's costume is better than Jean Grey's. It does. And like, I really feel like, you know, she can be a potential fave, but I'm like, I really don't, I really don't get enough of her to like say whether I really fuck with her or not. The only reason why I can say I fuck with her is because of Spider-Man and his amazing friends. Like, you know, that would have been interesting. That would have really been interesting if they made uh, Firestar the Phoenix. Instead of Echo. Yeah. I think I'd be here for that. Keep it with you know what? Know. Yeah, yeah. Echo, I want to see for you, girl. I do. I think you, 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 you give us a lot, you know, and you are a representation at its finest, right? But I don't think you deserved or you needed the Phoenix Force to be this. Um, especially because you haven't changed your code name. You're still Echo. Right. right. I would like if you change your name. Maybe, ooh, imagine if she changed her name to Thunderbird. No, thank you. Um, but let's can we can we have Tomahawk maybe? Because we got enough Thunderbirds. It's like just like the the the, the indigenous go to is Thunderbird. Yeah, pretty much. Okay, <laughs> I, I, I don't know let's... if Tomahawk is appropriate. My 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 apologies to the um indigenous community that was offensive, but they got to figure out some other like like identifying word for identifying name, you know. Yeah, I said Thunderbird that. mostly because it fat into like the mythology that Thunderbird is just like another version or idea of a, of a phoenix. Um, yeah, true, true, true. But I think that's all we have to give to X Force. The girl wasn't giving. Um, I think it's time for us to move on to the circuit party. Yes, <laughs> and our says. circuit party is led by <laughs> yes, by Vontae. But I agree. I felt like we need some music for circuit parties. I do. We do need some music for circuit parties. We do. Yes, we do. We need to figure. Yeah, we need to figure out a, a catchy beat and put it to it. <laughs> All right. So today's circuit party topic: we are going to be discussing. We are going to be discussing Cassandra Nova. So. Marvel Entertainment two days ago made a tweet and they said that they have a picture of the Marauders um, that's clearly coming next year and Cassandra Nova is going to be a part of the roster. So um, the last we've seen of Cassandra Nova um, was in X-Men Red and Jean Grey basically removed all of the anger, the hatred and everything from Cassandra Nova. So now she's feeling um, remorseful about the things she's done and she's looking for atonement. So with her joining um, this Marauders team, do we feel that she is worthy of being um, 
forgiven? And do we feel like she deserves the same amount of disdain that mutants give Wanda Maximoff? Because she was also a part of, of, well, she was at the forefront of one of the biggest mutant genocides in fucking history. So what do we think about that? So I want um, I want them to also start holding P- uh, Pietro accountable for his role in uh, decimation. I want them to yeah. do that. Um, yeah. Cassandra Nova's not even a mutant technically, but I'm sure they're going to Hickman their way into her being a mutant, just like He's they did with Sinister. Right. Um, and how they did with Sinister and how they did with Mimic, because he was not a mutant until Hickman said he was. Um, so I, Xavier needs to just say he don't fucking like Franklin Richards. <laughs> he just don't like that kid. He just don't like. He, I don't like how you have a good father that likes you. I don't like that shit. Um, I like did my. He, did he say? Did he tell Franklin he wasn't a mutant before or after? Um, Reed Richards whispered sweet nothings into his ear to tell him about himself. It was after because Reed Richards did not appreciate the fact of how he did his kid. And I'm like, that's the one time I would defend Reed Richards because, you know, he'd be doing some like shady, off the wall, ridiculous white Republican shit. But when it comes to my son, when it comes to my son, now you might not like your kids, Xavier, but when it comes to my baby, <laughs> I will stretch this foot. 20 feet up your asshole around your big ass dome and kill you as many times as I need to for you to never ever think of doing that shit ever again. Because keep it cute. Xavier kind of needed his ass beat for how he treated Franklin Richards. That's a child. And that is a boy, Charles. Yeah, I still don't know how Franklin Richards is, is retconned as not being a mutant. I still feel like that's bullshit. But as far as Miss Cassandra Nova, um, I, I'm i not super aware about her because like I kind of like fell off of comics during that time. I'm aware of her villainy and what she's done, especially involving the deaths of, of you know, 16 million Genosha mutants. Um, I really don't think she deserves any grace. I didn't know that Jean Grey fixed her in the X-Men race. I've gotten that far in my reading yet. Um mm-hmm. Not that I'm upset by the spoiler, because you know, because you know, I, I read enough X Men oh, wiki pages. No, I just fine. I read no, enough X Men wiki, pa- wiki pages to like know all this stuff, but like I'm still, I should have read. You know what? I need to start handling shit like the breath. Like, no, I used to handle this shit unlike the Breakfast Club and do my research before I come on. I like Charlamagne, Lee, and DJ Envy. I need to come on and have my research on like them instead of you know <laughs> having people on the show and not knowing their music. Um, Nicki Minaj, um, they did her dirty. Um, so how you know. how you gonna invite me on here knowing that I dropped a video and you didn't even watch it? Yeah, like you know, Nikki Stan or not though, it's just like that's just pure disrespect. Yeah, as a bomb. journalist, I will say I would never have done some shit. Like actually, the Breakfast Club gets away with so much bullshit because they're not. Yeah, they really do for seriously. poor journalism. Very poor journalism. Like and like I feel like, I feel like the bar really should be still dragging the shit out of Charlemagne all of like, that I shit. Busy starting fights with people. And they started. They started a fight with uh, Jesus and Mir- uh, DJ Envy. Started a fight with Jesus and Miro for nothing. What did Jesus and Miro do? They don't bother nobody. Exactly. Yes. So apparently, they made a joke about 
So Envy was on some show talking about how um, his wife was going to divorce him or because he was cheating or some shit. And so they made a joke about about that because it was it was news. That's what they talk about on their podcast and their TV show. So they made a joke about it. So when they came on The Breakfast Club, DJ Envy was getting hot about it and was like, he ended up storming out and was talking shit about Jesus and Mira the whole fucking time. He called him dickhead and pussy or some shit. And Jesus and Mira laid into that nigga hard. That's well, wow, you're bottom, so funny. Right. Well, the bottom that's, line is that's this. So clever. Like, you can't be in the business of gossip and entertainment when you become the, you become the hot topic. Like, like I feel like somebody like Wendy Williams has handled that very she, well with all of the shit that she's been through. Wendy understood. So like, she was like, I talk shit about everyone else's life. I can't expect people not to. Right. That should be off like, limits. Fair. You don't see Deeds and Miro's like relationships out in the public and all that shit carrying on with the carrying on. But like Deeds and Miro are actually funny and very entertaining. I'm like, you motherfuckers. Mm-hmm. But looking at Cassandra Nova, yeah. you know, who's very Charlemagne like, she is very Charlemagne like. I think if you read it, you will see, you will get the gag of what Cassandra Nova's about. She's a character where I'm reading it. I'm like, actually, sis, I'd rather have you on my side because you're worse than sinister. The the only that thing woman... you really need to read about Cassandra Nova is uh, E for Extinction and um, the second half of X-Men Red because she's not even in the first half. She's oh, in okay. some other stuff here and there, but she's mostly like a recurring manifestation kind of thing. Yeah. Um, I think she's the introduction to the Mumble Dry, really. Like, the major points of, like, this shit can get bad. Um, but Emma Frost, I already know, probably was not rocking with that because her attack, her first attack hit Emma specifically. Um, and so also I think you her, check it um, out. Secondary mutation. Mm-hmm. And so... Yes, she's responsible, and I think with the Wanda situation, it still applies. However, I think people would give, not grace, but I think people are just excited for the conflict involved. Because mm-hmm. the problem with Wanda is that this narrative doesn't want us to hate her too much. Yeah. The benefit of having Cassandra Nova centered in this is that it puts a test on everything that they talk about in a way that she can still renege and that the narrative won't try to pretend like everything she's doing is okay. She can be complicated and just lean into it. I think the whole narrative actually is just going to go like, you can't just go like, yeah, I did it, but like, I didn't have empathy. So I'm not going to really care <laughs> that I did it. Like, how can I care when I just don't? I care now. Don't worry. I'm on your side, baby. I'm your grandma. I'll make some cookies. Um, but in terms of beforehand, we're going to treat it like racist grandparents in the 1960s. I called them a nigger. Yeah, I did it. But that was before Martin Luther King, so it wasn't bad to me. <laughs> uh, I but I'm uh, here for it. But I'm here for you. Ghetto. Well, I think that's all the time we have for our little circuit party. So any other um, suggestions on comics to read this week? or um, um, We're wrapping up Trial of Joseph this week, I, so Good riddance to and that. Also, we might throw a party. We're ready. Also, we're unfortunately, ready. Sword wraps up this week, too. Did we get an oh, issue of... Oh. I'm so upset about that. Oh, you know there's going to be a double cross in the end. You know they're going to show us, like, oh, he, Whiskey thought he had it. He thought he had it. 
and they're gonna like heel face turn last minute, and it's gonna be a fuck you moment. The ship is probably gonna go explode. Abigail Brand's gonna be brought up in war charges or something. It's gonna be ridiculous. Um, Storm gonna get depowered again. It's gonna be a whole oh thing. Uh, but like I'm, but that's what I'm saying is like we like got so many like are you David about to sew this up now? Like goddamn. I feel like it needs more time. It does. And I don't appreciate them not giving us what we literally pay for. Um <laughs> we 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 signed the Faustine deal to have our souls. You have a guaranteed ten dollars from me every week. All right. Just treat me with like when you spit in my face, at least like you know that me. You know, call me a special girl afterwards or something. Like oh you can't God. just you can't just disrespect me completely, you know. Like I, I have to have some self-esteem. But I think this doc this we get do we get a death of Doctor Strange next week this week too. Uh-huh. We do. I'm so happy. Death of Doctor Strange renews my faith in the Marvel drops the issue. Um, guys, make sure you go see uh, Spider-Man: No Way Home. Um, it enjoy it. It is really good. No spoilers. We might uh, this week might be a week. We should we do a review? Nah, we're not. Let's not do a review. Spider-Man is too far away from our purview. Eternals was just like there because we we debate that shit so often. But Spider-Man, no. Thanks to you. Uh, we're 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 forced. That's that's the record. So we're forced to debate about Eternals because no one wants to talk about the great value that. And until Miles said, Morales, this issue was good though. This last issue was really, 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 really good. Steve just scraps us down. Steve scraps us down and force feeds us. Did they finally get a yes, proof of their I food do. stamps and cash assistance? Did they finally get a proof of food stamps? No, they're learning there? how to dodge. It was a funny scene. Icarus, um, he's trying to learn how to be more careful with his life now that they reveal like how the resurrection protocols kill humans on the planet. Um, and so he's like trying, like, I need to be more careful how I fight. It's not that I'll die, it's that someone else will die if I die. And so he's learning how to fight, like literally, and he doesn't understand the concept of dodging. Um, he's like, I don't have to. Like, I'm indestructible. Like, also, if I die, I come back. I've never dodged before. And you're like, shit. Has all the seen Spider Man yet? I mean, Monte has not. Wait, what? what? Monte has not seen it. You're not seeing it? No, I'm going to see it. I've been working like every day. I saw it yesterday with Bay. Monte's a mother. I am, I am a mom, bitch, I'm a mother. Yes. <laughs> We're changing Monte's um, mutant name to Mother V. Uh, you know what? I'm going to do that. <laughs> Mother V, code name. That is funny. Oh, my goodness. Well, thank you guys for spending some time with us. You know, we appreciate you showing up. Um, don't forget to follow our um, Twitter account, and I will be trying to work on getting some clips from us. You know, we can give you some of that tarn, the uncut, a little uh, sissy bobby, you know, just a little moments just you can, like, stay titillated. Um, maybe I'll make, make a TikTok for us. Who knows? You know, I'm always Good. a generous social media manager. Yeah. Good luck uh, booking that stage you speak of. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you guys for showing up today. See you next week.
Bye. 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 Wow. Adios. Ha, <laughs> ha,